Well, hello, White Sox fans. Welcome to another edition of White Sox Daily Life. No doubt you are watching Romy Gonzalez right now in the top of the 10th, taking uh, fruitless hacks on curveballs or sliders, whatever that pitch was. Um, we are tied 3-3 three to three in the top of the 10th. And uh, this is um, in a long slogging game. Um my name is Ian Eskridge. I am here with my co-host, the Danny Miller. How you doing, Danny? Uh, you know what? After uh, watching uh, Luis Robert come up here in the uh, top half of the ninth against uh, a closer who's been nearly untouchable for some time, you know, I, I, I'm sitting here thinking to myself, it would be a fantastic time for him to get a hold of one of those 100-mile-an-hour pitchers that they were talking about on the broadcast, seeing as how, uh, you know, this is a pitcher that has really outpaced the rest of the field as far as 100-mile-an-hour pitchers go since the start of 2022. I thought, you know, wouldn't it be nice if Luis Robert caught up to one and then he got a hanger and he put it over the wall. and uh, Hitting mistakes. Was, yeah. Pretty fantastic stuff. So I'm doing well, man. Uh, you know, hoping the White Sox can pull out a victory and a series win here in Minnesota and, uh, you know, maybe have some nicer things to talk about. But, uh, you know, other than that, same old, same old. So uh, looking forward to a fun show tonight. Uh, you know, if you guys want to stick around uh, after we get through all the nitty gritty, Ian's got some special fun for us later on. But uh, anyways, how you doing, man? There they are. There they are. Doing all right. Um, you know, it's been the, uh, you know, things have, of course, picked up because baseball season's back on, minor league season's back on. So, uh, you know, all sorts of stuff on Daily White Sox on Twitter. So uh, that's been pretty crazy. Um, yeah, you're a busy and, man. Uh, yeah, it's been a busy night. Anybody um, that follows White Sox daily on Twitter can see uh, how busy Ian has been. The tweets lots, are rolling. <laughs> lots of tweets. Um, yeah, but I, you know, like uh, you got the uh, you know, I've got the White Sox on the uh, on the forty inch that's right next to all my my monitors here, and uh, you know, Lance Lynn immediately started starting everything off. Um, Giving back leads and stuff that was that was fun, um, but you uh, know, I, I'm glad you brought it up because really the only thing I got to say about Lance tonight is he didn't look terrible, but he did make some mistakes, and the Twins uh, they hit those mistakes. I mean, he left that hanger out there. I don't that that oh no, oh. and that's the ball game. One pitch. One pitch in the bottom of the tenth, and an errant throw to first base, and the White Sox do not pull out the victory. They do so not. That they really can't is... there. Hanser Alberto and his throws lately have been uh, <sighs> redonkulous. Yeah, I'm gonna bring up uh, one of my uh, things I made yesterday. Um. As a re- as a reply to the uh, Hanser Alberto um, error yesterday, yeah, um, costly. Yeah, just go ahead and bring this guy up here. Go ahead. <clears throat> wow. Uh, da, 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 da. Well, so much for what I was saying, huh? <laughs> I guess so. That yeah, was, way I mean, to take it, the wind out of my sails there. It was I'm exciting. Sure it was. And then, uh, yeah, then that uh, just kind of took the wind right out of the sails, didn't it? Yeah, but, uh, yeah, it did. But anyways, I was just saying, you know, uh, that pitch to Michael Taylor, I mean, it, it couldn't have been more tailor-made for uh, a dinger. I mean, he really just kind of hung that one right in the middle, middle, and he didn't miss. So, I mean, you know, I'd like to see a little more uh, command from Lance 
especially if his velo is going to be down on average about a mile and a mile to a mile and a half an hour. Uh, you know, I, I just he, if he's going to be down, he's never been some overpowering fireballer, right? Yeah, but he's got you know four different. You guys got like seven pitches, eight pitches in an arsenal. Four of them are different types of fastballs with the sinkers and the four seamers and the cutter and blah 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 blah. But you know, his thing has always been he's got to be able to not only change speeds a little bit, but he's got to have some command and place them pitches and. The command has been a little wonky to start early this season. Sure has. All right, so I'm going to go ahead and bring this up. Um, well, oh, hold on. There we go. And we've talked about this before on this here stream. I mean... Yeah. Uh, White Sox Twitter makes it seems like it was twelve to nothing. Yeah, that's definitely it's a good point. But you know, when you start the game off with a a two run bomb from Buxton to uh, tie things back up, and then you know, shortly thereafter, you get another bomb to Michael A. Taylor. You know, people are losing their minds because the uh, the home run parade given up by the the starting staff of the White Sox just seems to keep rolling. Uh, yeah, they're gonna have to get that under control. So, uh, you know, answer is uh, Pedro's Larry. Changed my mind. <laughs> uh, I can't change your mind. Yeah. <laughs> That's the thing. Yeah. I mean, you know, like, I, the thing is, I think he's better than Larry. Uh, but you're, you know, as we've seen the last two days when he's starting, both times he's cost the team. On defense, you know, and the thing is, he's a, he's a much better he's a much better base runner as far as uh, baseball IQ goes, and um, you know, I, I I would like to think that he's generally better on defense, but uh, the last two games have been um, starkly in contrast to that uh, that belief. <laughs> yeah, yeah, uh, I can't disagree with anything you're saying. Although, you know, we've seen a couple of tweets and some quotes from uh, a Mr. Grafal earlier today that says that uh, we can probably expect to see Yoan back uh, at least later on this week, if not by the weekend. Um, I would have to think that between Yoan and now uh, Lenin Sosa, which, uh, you know, I heard a little birdie told me that Lenin Sosa probably would have been in the lineup today had he found out he was going to be on the move. A little bit earlier, and uh, maybe it gotten yeah. to Minnesota a little bit. You know, I'm just thinking maybe we see a little less of uh, Hans Alberto starting. Yeah, I mean, I would have been much happier with Sosa at second, Andrews at shortstop, and, and then Berger at third. Or Berger. Yeah, probably. I mean, sorry. I mean, that's just my my two cents. You know, um, right. Is I'd rather you know I, I want to make sure that Burger's bat gets in there, you know. Right, and and you don't want to bring a extremely hot, albeit down at AAA. You don't want to bring an extremely hot Lenin Sosa up and sit him down and immediately try to cool him off when uh, his confidence and his bat are rolling. So yeah, uh, I you know I heard it was just a timing thing. I, I don't know how true that is. You know. Sources, sources, but yeah, uh, you know, my sources are nobodies, so well, I mean, uh, you know, this is it. That's the thing is that you know, if they find out like early in the day, then you know, you're you know, even if you fly in the morning, you're you know, you're probably not starting a game, right? Unless there's like nobody else, you know, unless you're like a, a catcher and the starting catcher's out in the in the backup catcher's cheeks. <laughs> that's pretty much about it you know <laughs> right so um and even then like that's that's still you know cutting it real close so right um yeah i would love to see tim anderson out there but you know hanser kind of uh hung well, off the dry a little bit yesterday so let's get into that um let's 
So you need to talk stop about me the next you've... man up too. We'll talk about that a little bit too. Stop me if you've heard this before. Uh, <laughs> Tim Anderson is on the IL. It's going to be out two to two to four weeks. Yikes. Uh, with a sprained knee. Loy Jimenez on the IL. Um, and then uh, Yoan dealing with back soreness. So he's not going to play for this whole series. Uh, Joe Kelly. Oh, God, this is the one. Running really... from the bullpen to a benches-clearing brawl in Pittsburgh. Strain, strains his groin. I mean, Are come you on. kidding me? I mean, it just, it, it never, it never ends. It's, it's always, no. always the same thing, you know? Yeah, it is the same thing. And it's, we just, it, it, you know, we've talked about this for a few years now, but it, it just, it's White Sox fans. I can't blame them for feeling like we can never have nice things. Uh, but I will say this, the difference now that, you know, I have a little, a slight bit more optimism than I have the last two seasons for a couple of reasons, you know, Tony being gone and Pedro, uh, being around is a uh, part of it. That's one of the reasons, but you know, you know, I've talked about this a lot the last couple of years, the whole next man up thing, right? You know, because we've seen countless injuries where you're just going, oh, God, what next? Who next? Who's going to get the curse, right? It's uh, always and, the same and, guys. <laughs> yeah, and, and, you know, right. And it was, you know, in Tony LaRusso's world, it would have been Leary Garcia playing, you know, eight positions, and if not nine positions on the field, if he had nine Leary Garcias, they'd all be playing. True. The difference and they'd all be this- leading off. Right. <laughs> or hitting in a three hole. Yeah. <laughs> uh, the difference between this year, besides, you know, Pedro being at the helm now, uh, is I think next man up shows a little bit more promise for this White Sox organization now. You know, uh, we, we can talk about the way they develop and, and the scouting and, you know, whether it's been good, whether it's been bad. But, you know, towards the the back end of this rebuild, you know, Rick Hahn started taking some younger players that are now starting to make their way through the organization. And, uh, you know, Mike Shirley's done some pretty good things with that scouting department, you know, regardless of what people want to say about, Oh, the Sox can't scout, you know, over the last few years or so, I'd, I'd say there's been a shift in that a little bit. And, uh, you know, instead of just having Leary Garcia and, and and some of the other names that we've seen come through here the last couple of seasons, now we've got some young homegrown talent instead of old retread wash up guys to be the next man up. And then nothing against the Billy Hamiltons or uh, oh, who's the other, the Brian Goodwins. You know what I mean? The, the guys that were supposed to be the ne- nothing against those guys. You know, they came up and did some things when they were next man up. You know, albeit short-lived in most cases, it, it seemed like they were going to, you know, help win some ball games. But now we've got some young talent coming through. Uh, we see the Romy Gonzalez's. We see the Lenin Sosa's. You know, there's a handful of bullpen arms that I think we're going to start seeing roll through here soon. Uh, it's just a different feel for me. And I kind of wanted to pick your brain and see where your head was at on the whole next man up philosophy. Because I honestly feels like we're going to see it. We were hoping for changes in this injury you know in the way injuries occur here on yeah. the south side but uh i just want to get your feel on uh how what you know what you think about all that you know i don't i honestly don't know you know like white Sox twitter is ablaze right now with uh dfa hanser stuff you know of course as uh knee-jerk twitter will be and I mean, don't get me wrong. Like the the last two games for for Alberto have been, uh, you know, just catastrophic as far as as far as like when it came down to a, a big play, it's it's not, you know, it's him making the mistake, and he's not the guy who's supposed to be making the mistake. He's supposed to be fundamentally sound as a utility player, and it just hasn't happened. But 
You know, one thing I was thinking about this morning um, when thinking about things for the show was, you know, thinking exactly about this, the the next man up thing, the the fact that the White Sox signed, and, you know, like this is, uh, I also, you know, I talked to Kurt Bloom about this. Uh, if, you know, if you're subscribed to our podcast, uh, I did uh, interviews with Kurt Bloom, the Barons play-by-play guy, and... Uh, and a Hall of Fame broadcaster, super nice guy, uh, full of awesome knowledge and, uh, you know, obviously a lot of knowledge about the Barons. But uh, I also did a interview with uh, Dan Haloti, who's the play-by-play for the Cannonballers as well. Um, but, uh, you know, I, I mentioned to him that I was kind of shocked that the White Sox signed as much outfield depth as they did um, with... Um, Victor Reyes and Billy Hamilton and Jake Marisnik and you know I, just, I like I I'm I'm personally genuinely kind of surprised that they did that knowing that you've got Uelki Cespedes and you've got Tyler Nesloni and both of those guys got bumped back to the Barons and I'm not mad about that per se but you know like when I when I watch Jake Marisnik play um to me he's you know you know, not worth a whole lot, you know, well, we're, you know when, when we've I talked about it. this in the past. I mean, we're talking about a guy who hasn't really hit, you know, much over 204, five seasons, some, somewhere like in that, that. time. Yeah. I mean, you know, can he play a defensive outfield? Sure. He's okay. I mean, the thing is, is that like, uh, again, you know, like when you talk about like a, a, major league depth guy they should be either i mean i guess he's competent in both you could say that but he certainly doesn't ex- you know excel at one or the other i mean both of them are just kind of yeah okay he plays like i mean he went we went went one for three with a walk tonight and you know like you'll take that in a in a replacement role up in the major leagues you know yeah, but well, um, it, as long as it's a, a short stint but you know what if one of these guys goes down for you know an extended period of time and let me just knock on wood before i you know speak that into existence but uh you know we've talked about this before as well the drop off in production after finally getting a competent outfield or more than competent outfield i would say and actually having a, a fully complementary outfield with you know robert and Benintendi and Oscar Colas out there throwing the leather around and, and doing some things at the dish. One of these guys goes down. Sure. You got Romy Gonzalez, to, you know, go out there and patrol a little bit and he can, you know, he can handle his own and he can swing it a little bit. We've seen that, you know, uh, in, you know, limited fashion. Obviously. Hasn't been happening. Uh, it seems like, you know, as soon as, as soon as the, you know, uh, the regular season started, it was like he tightened up, you know, yeah. and his, and, and he's just, having bad after bad at bad after bad at bad and like thing is i like romy you know uh i i like his skill set and i like his his power and uh and his his glove i mean you saw yesterday with that play they made at second base you know i've been saying for a while now that romy is is good on defense you guys just need to give him a chance and then he goes and makes that play yesterday um but the you know the bat for whatever reason he just doesn't seem to uh you know, I, I, I'm not sure if it's if he's pushing or whatever because I know that the guy can hit better than he's hitting right now, and it's just and it's like the difference between 95 in Minnesota and the difference between 95 at Charlotte or Birmingham. It's 95 is always 95. The movement right. might be a little bit more, but like the thing is, is that like he'll hit the best pitchers that are coming through Double A. He'll hit the best pitchers in Triple A. He comes up here, he faces a scrub in Major League Baseball, and it's like, you know, he's, yeah. he's like trying to be I'd too like, careful, you know? I'd like to see him attack a little bit more early in at-bats. Uh, I've kind of noticed, and I'm not saying this happens every at-bat, obviously, but, you know, I've kind of noticed that he'll watch the first strike come right down Main Street. And it just seems like, you know, it's almost like he's got that 
little league mentality where I'm going to wait for that first strike before I swing at anything. And I'm not saying the Jose Abreu mentality, (laughs) right? I'm going to wait for that first strike. I'm going to make you throw strikes. Well, guess what? You know, uh, the rest of the league is getting a scouting report on you and they're seeing that you're staring at, you know, and it, it could be a fastball. It could be something with some movement on it, whatever. It just seems like he's looking. And I would just like to see him attack those pitches that catch the entire part of the plate a little bit more early in the bats. I'm not saying it has to be the first pitch, but you know, first two, these guys are kind of coming right at him, and they're saying, "Hey, Rook, yeah, I'm going to come at you, put some wood on the bat." And he's, you know, he's got he's got his shouldered, and then when he gets behind an account, now he's expanding his zone a little bit. And you know, it's not that something we haven't seen before out of guys who are young and don't have a lot of major league experience, but. With his successes at the lower levels, like you're saying, he can pretty much hit anybody rolling through double A AA and triple A. And, you know, you just want to see more of that attack mentality out of him, I guess is kind of where I'm going with this. Yeah. And like the thing is, you know, like everybody's like, oh, he's a quad A guy. And it's like, well, the thing is, is that, the, that he hits the guys at double A that are now pitching well in the majors. So it's not that. You know that he can't hit these guys. I'm not entirely sure like what his deal is right now, and it's not going well. But uh, you know, hopefully, he picks it up and everything gets going. Um, you know, but I, the thing is, is like I speaking to this whole you know next man up thing and people being angry about the White's not White Sox not signing you know like Michael Conforto. And signing Andrew Benintendi instead. And yeah, of course, you know, Michael Conforto's got some home runs. But I mean, in general, it's not like he's really putting up anything stellar either, you know? So it's like, okay, so you spend $150 million or you spend $75 million. What's No, what's and the I was waiting, you know? You know, after going to that whole, the opening day game that we, we both witnessed that was just absolutely dreadful, uh, you know, you could almost... I, you could almost just see without even looking at Twitter. You could almost see after Conforto hit that dinger, all these Sox fans are going to lose their mind. Wait, shut us sign yeah, him. It was, it was on Twitter. I, I saw it, you know, I yeah. saw it in, in my head immediately. I was like, oh, here we go. Mm-hmm. Here we go. The boo birds are going to come out and, you know, the fire Han people are going to lose their minds. And it, it, you know, there it was, it, it was there. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you know, and like the thing is, I can't necessarily disagree at this point because it's like, uh, you know, Han hasn't produced any winning results, really, you know, so yeah. I, I can't say that I necessarily at this point say, you know, I, and you know that I was the last person, you know, not the last person, but I like I, I'm one of the people that's not knee jerk when it comes to like, we should fire Rick Han or whatever. And I'm still not necessarily to that point, but. I mean, the results no, haven't he, been there. It's it's kind of. I've been saying there. it for weeks. You got to show me something, and they haven't done it yet, yeah. unfortunately. So I'm I'm still hanging out. Hope you know we're what twelve games in now. Uh twelve. Yeah, something 12. like that. Yeah, I don't. Even, Whatever. I don't even remember. Twelve. Twelve games in, and. Uh, you know, uh, I had a little conversation on the socials about this uh, last night and earlier today. Uh, I know I, I tagged you in on it a little bit. And, you know, the thing is, is I still am hanging on to this hope because we know that there were some cultural uh, discrepancies mm-hmm. in, in this in this ball club. There were there were philosophies that uh, were not quite right when Tony was here. Uh, you know, Jose Abreu coming out and saying things like it wasn't a family atmosphere. Uh, you know, the winning mentality wasn't there. And those are the kinds of things that might take a little bit of time. No matter, you know, what Pedro goes in and says and does, you're talking about changing two years of bad habits and bad philosophies. It's just not going to happen overnight. And we've seen the positive results of some of the changes that have been made and, and uh you know, I've heard about Pedro coming in, you know, during camp and saying, you know, keeping everybody on a tight schedule. And this is we're going to do this today at this time. We're going to do this today at this time. This guy's going to come in and get his batting practice at this time. And, you know, you heard I think it was you what I was talking about it with, if I'm not mistaken, about, you know, Andrew Vaughn coming in and saying, uh, you know, he's getting out of the cage. And Pedro says, well, where's so and so? 
oh, well, he was here earlier, got his hitting in earlier. No, that's no. not how we do things. We're going <laughs> to stick to a schedule. I don't want to hear that. You know, we're going to do things the way I have them laid out for you. So, you know, that kind of uh, accountability, I think, is going to help, and it has helped. Obviously, we have seen uh, some offensive uh, outbursts at times. Uh, you know, I believe the Sox are still leading the league in hits and are, you know, in the top four or five in extra base hits. Yeah. But, uh, you know, being able to put everything together all at once has just not happened for this. Yeah. Team. Well, I mean, it hasn't and happened. I think yet. it's something. To, yeah. It might come in time. You know, like I'm saying, though, my whole point is, is these changes aren't going to happen overnight. You're trying to erase two years in a matter of a couple months, and it's just not going to happen that way. Yeah. I mean, Kopech turned around his start from opening day and they figured Absolutely. out what the, what the pitch tipping thing was. And, uh, Lance by the way, did you see John boys, uh, breakdown yeah. of that thing? Yeah. yeah. I watched that. And, uh, you know, it was uh, pretty telling. Actually. Yeah. I mean, it's like, okay, well that's, I mean, pretty much exactly what I thought it was. I knew it was going to be some kind of small thing that they were picking up on. And sure enough, um, Lance Lynn looked Halfway decent today. Wasn't perfect, you know, by any stretch of the imagination, but, you know, he was good enough that he should have gotten a win. I felt, anyway. And the thing, you know, like the, we've talked about this, you know, one of the things that the White Sox really struggle with is hitting mistakes. And, you know, it's like when those mistakes don't get hit, <clears throat> they're not doing that kind of damage. And it's, you know, one of the things that the, uh, I'm trying to remember who who mentioned it. Uh, it might have been Giolito uh, that said, you know, like when they're making mistakes, everything's getting hit. And when the other, you know, when we're up, those mistakes are just not getting hit as much. And, you know, like they're getting hit and abnormally, you know, and um, much more abnormal amount than they normally do you know like the like you'll still get away with mistake pitches but so far this year they have not been getting away with those mistake pitches and they're getting hit and they're getting hit hard uh but you know last couple of days things have kind of slowed down a little bit and uh pitching looks doesn't look like it's completely shot you know no but then you don't get the offense it's like the offense is kind of tailed off you got you on Mankata who had or extremely hot start all of a sudden the back tightens up on him which we've heard that story before and then you got you know Luis robert who misses a couple of games because he's got a little nagging something or other that he's working on and then you you know now we've got ta sitting down who you know ta is doing ta things uh you know he he doesn't walk but he gets on base he's got you know i think he's got one or two walks already this season which fantastic but Guy's not base machine, right? Yeah. And now you're missing him. And, you know, Yoan Mankata will be back, but who knows with, uh, you know, the way his back and his legs have been the last couple of years, how often is that thing going to tighten up on him? Are we going to have to see him sit for a week, once a month? Uh, you know, I sure hope not. Yeah. Uh, you know, and then when you start piling all these things together, this white hot offense all of a sudden starts to kind of cool down. And instead of getting 12, 14 hits a game and putting up six, seven, eight, nine runs, we're seeing them get four hits a game and put up three runs. You know, get shut down for eight straight innings. Yep. I mean, yeah, it's it's frustrating. I'll talk to you now. That's hilarious. (laughs) That's a great answer. For those of you who are wondering if you're not watching on the stream, uh, Grimtall in our in our chat here says, "Come talk to me after the parade." <laughs> and our our lovely host Ian says, "I'll talk to you now. <laughs> let's let's go. <laughs> what you got?" Ah, <laughs> uh, yeah. I mean, the whole thing's just frustrating, you know. And it's like, I mean, I know things happen, but I mean, it's just you know. And, and of course, you know, it's going to be one of those things where everybody, you know, because. Due to the way last year was, I mean, everybody's going to be on the ledge right away. Well, you you know, can you blame them? I mean, we've been jaded so bad with these injuries the last couple of seasons. Uh, We've been jaded with bad play and not being able to put things together like we're seeing right now for so long. I can't blame folks, honestly. But at the same time, I want to say it's been 12 games. And 
it's a new regime. I'm going to try to because I, I can't say I'm not guilty of it either. You and I, I try to get my frustrations out in private chats between you and I and maybe a handful of other people. So I don't come onto the show and turn into a, a little whiny, you know, <laughs> whatever. And you've been pretty good at talking me off the ledge. I didn't think you needed any talking off the ledge. I, you know, it's, it's kind of one of those things where like, um, my initial reaction within like the first like minute and a half of something happening, like I'll type, I'll type something up. I'll type a, a tweet out and delete it, you know. but then I delete it because <laughs> I don't <laughs> no, know how many I, times I've done that. <laughs> yeah. I just, I know that it's, uh, you know, that I'm just fired up from the moment and that things aren't as bad as, you know my initial reaction to everything is. And that's the thing. That's, that's a bad thing about Twitter is that a lot of these people are not capable of doing that. They can't hit delete beforehand and they know that it's going to get likes because the same, everybody else is emotional. Exactly. <laughs> you know, so it's going to get a lot of likes and the, you know, the hot takes always get, you know, a lot, a lot of attention and the, uh, the patient people, you know, get a bunch of people showing up with pitchforks and torches, you know, Ready to burn down your house of positivity, and I'm not letting it happen. No, no. And you know, I, I was called to stand the other day over something stupid. I thought to myself, man, I'm just trying to keep it light. Yeah. <laughs> I'm just keeping it light, man. Like I feel you. I get you. I want to beat yeah. my head off the desk, you know, just like everybody else does. Yeah, but I'm also trying to be rational, you know. And yes, can you? Oh, you can't win the World Series in the first 10 games of the season, but you sure can lose it. Yeah, sure, that applies. Yeah, I don't know about in the first 10 games of the season, but, uh, you know. Every like, game counts, right? Uh, you know, yeah. that's the way I see it. Every game no, counts. No, for sure. sure. Does, yeah, I agree. Does, that, does that philosophy apply? Sure. But I still don't think we're in this, you know, we're not in this crazy uh, tight division race where the entire division is really good and you're going to be fighting for a spot at the end of the season. This is a very winnable division for the White Sox still. Yeah. Even with yeah. some of the moves that were made by other teams in this offseason and some of the graduations that they've had out of their farms, this is still a very winnable division. And I think these games now, we're finally getting into div- divisional play here against Minnesota. These are the games you want to see be competitive. If you're not winning, at least be competitive like they were tonight. Uh, so, I'm yeah, I'm not ready to throw in a towel and oh, we suck again. I'm not going to do that, but uh, don't get me wrong when I say, you know, I, I want to beat my head off the wall. I want to throw things at my TV just like everybody else. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so Grimtall says five and seven is an awful. And, uh, you know, I mean, the thing is, is that, you know, yeah, you go, you know, in the first 15 games, if you go, you know, one in 14. Yeah, that could cost you the season. Hundred percent, but five and seven being two games under five hundred in the first twelve games, I mean, there's not any reason why they can't make up those, you know, like four, four or five games through a, you know, a hundred and fifty games left in the year, you know. So, I'm not really, you know, terribly worried about it, you know. But there's, you know, there's obvious room for growth. I'll, I'll put it there. All right. <laughs> Um, and like I said, you know, at the beginning of all this, I'm still uh, hopeful that these are just uh, organizational changes in philosophy that aren't going to happen overnight and that we will see the, the swing in the right direction on, uh, you know, some of the mistakes we're seeing being made early on. I like what Grimtall has to say here. He yeah. says, the thing is, you can still win the series tomorrow, which is absolutely true. And I would love nothing more than to see that. Uh, and uh, you know, they need to be winning series and splitting on the road against top teams. That's how you win the division. And I, I can't argue with that. You know, obviously, as a White Sox fan, you want to see more than that. You want I would love nothing more than to see this be a 100-win team year in and year out or close to it. You know, plus or minus five. You know what I – but uh, chances are – as White Sox fans, we're not going to see that. <laughs> so you just got to hope that this is, you know, this team plays up to its potential and stays relatively healthy because we've already seen the health issues come in. 
But uh, yeah, they stay relatively healthy and they get hot at the right time. They, they could easily compete with any team out there if they're all on the same page. Yep, I agree. Um, you know, I mean, the pitching has taken a a step forward in a short amount a short amount of time. You know, and uh, you know, I I don't see any reason. You know, and the offense has been fairly fairly decent. You know, and you know uh, the the Twins were first in the division when we went up there, and they're playing the Sox tough. You know, I mean, it shouldn't really be that much of a shocker. I mean, every year it's the exact same thing, you know, is that, you know, we play against other teams in the division and they always play us tough, <laughs> you know? So Sorry, I had to laugh at that comment. Which one? <laughs> oh, the bet between you and Grimtall. Yeah. Yeah. He, he said bet that, you that yeah. the Sox would lose as many games as Dodgers. So now watch them both go 500. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I was like, okay, so you know, what are you, you saying? The White Sox are going to win seventy games? Like, come on! Like, I know you're being silly, but like, let's be real here. There's no way the White Sox are winning seventy games this year. There's just no way, unless they sell never, the never entire say team. Never. never say never. I mean, I don't want to put that jinx or that curse on this. On this, I don't want to put that stank uh, anywhere near this. No, I'll put that evil on you, Ricky Bobby. I have no problem with that. <laughs> you know, like there's, there is no, there is no way that they're winning seventy games. Don't put that evil on me, man. Yeah, Xbox record that. Yeah, you Xbox record that. Come back at the end of the year. It's fine. There's no way they're going to win seventy games. There's just no way. You know, I mean, there, there's 69? far too much. I no, <laughs> no, absolutely not. You know. Like if they, they, I I don't see that there's any way that they could be worse than they were last year. I mean, just think no, about all not. all of the absolute, like just the complete and total decimation of the team, where they could not score runs, and they still I mean, won think, eighty-one games. I think, you know? yeah, I think you could bring up half the night's roster and still win eighty-one games, depending on if the pitching stayed healthy in that in that scenario. Yeah, you know. I think that the 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 pitching that the White Sox have, you know, in Davis Martin and uh I I think that they could, you know, withstand like at least at least to a point they could withstand enough uh you know, stuff that they could get to 81 wins, certainly above 70. Yeah. So I mean, you know, every team's going to have to get through their setbacks. You know, we could talk about the Sox being injured, but really, honestly, there's a, there's been a spate of injuries across baseball. Again, early on in the season, we've seen some star players go down for other teams as well. It's not just the white Sox, actually Uh, just, it just feels that way for white Sox fans because we've been stung by that B so many times already, but uh, you know, there, there's really has been a ton and it just seems like there's this trend is going to continue for a while. Uh, you know, blame it on 2020 and the lockout last year, whatever you want to blame it on. But uh, there's something in baseball that just there's this cloud that seems to be hanging, you know, this injury cloud. And it's not just the White Sox. So, you know, everybody's going to have to go. Get, they're going to have to get through their growing pains. They're going to have to get through their setbacks, Uh, which is why I asked you, you know, kind of what your feeling was in the next man up thing, because, you know, it just feels different to me this year for the White Sox. You know, I just feel like there's a little bit more younger talent in the back pocket that could potentially step into some roles and do some things. Yeah. I mean, I'm just like, you know, I, I'm not one of those people that's going to, you know, keep on saying it's early until June. No, absolutely but, not. Uh, you know, like I, I have certainly more restraint to say that it's still early now, you know? Yeah, like let's at not, least get through uh, April before we go jumping off bridges. Exactly. You know, like I, I'll be I'll be right there with everybody if we're like mid-May and they're still playing like garbage and they're, you know, eight games under 500. You know, at that point, yeah, I'll be unhappy, you know, but right now I'm just not there yet. And... uh 
I'm going to give it a bunch more time to get to that point where I get aggravated about it, you know? <laughs> Can't disagree at all. I cannot disagree. Oh, not one iota. Um, so speaking of uh, the minor league stuff, um, Lodell Chapelli or Chapei, uh, Made his uh, his national televised debut debut tonight uh, for the Winston Salem Dash. Um, I'm gonna go ahead and bring up his uh, his second at bat here. Uh, Is that how you pronounce his name, by the way, Chapay? Yeah, yeah, it's Lloydell Chapay. Okay, so that, I'm gonna go I, ahead. Uh, and... I had not picked that one up. Yes, Mister Lloydell Chapay. They call him Chappy, though. Um, so, uh, let me go ahead and bring that business up. There we go. That thing goes a long way. (laughs) Yeah. I'm going to go ahead and bring that back. You've got a little bat flip there, little flippy flippy, puts it out on the Foothills Brew Pub out there. That is fantastic. It's good stuff. Yeah. Yeah, I've been waiting to see, waiting to see him. You know, like I got a couple of glimpses at him at uh, at spring training, and and that was nice. And like the thing was that his first at bat in spring training, he doubled off the wall. You know, so. Um, I was kind of like, okay, maybe, maybe this is something, you know, but then, you know, the first time I get to see him play on, uh, on the stream and first, first at bat, you know, I'll go ahead and bring that up as well. Yeah, might as well. Yeah. I mean, you know, what do we got going on? I got, I got a couple of things here to show cause Hashtag um, we got the video. We got lots of video. I, I keep the receipts. Yeah, buddy. Go uh, ahead and post them flexes, that. son. Yep. What the heck is this thing? I know it's on here. <laughs> yep. That's, that's just how you. much video we have. Or yeah, that's, that's you have. Part it's of the problem. Much. Yeah. Got to sift through all the good stuff to get to the even better stuff. Exactly. All right, so here is uh, here's the and of course you know like tonight, uh, Andy over at uh, in Winston Salem they didn't have any audio tonight, so <laughs> so there's there's no play by play on the game tonight. He said they're going to have it fixed for tomorrow. Yeah, smoked right back up the middle. Gotta love that. Yeah. A little fist bump action for you. Oh. And he goes, he's aggressive on a dropped pitch. Bad throw. Comes around to score. That's a beautiful thing. Yeah. Second to home on just a little bit of a drop pitch. And uh, that's how you do it, folks. Yep. Taking advantage of mistakes. Yeah, I posted. I posted it, and Andy Barquette's like shocker. <laughs> <laughs> he told he told me he told me, and I was you know I was excited because you know like with how you know the uh, you know glowing reports are um, from Andy. When I hear that, I'm like, okay, like everything that he's told me, like, well, you, you hope that when you're good. talking to the minor league hit coordinator. Uh, if he's going to give you a tidbit, it's going to be spot on, right? I mean, you would hope, but uh, you know, you know how that stuff goes. You right. know, like you know, of course, um, of course, you know, like the the guy's going to glow about his own guys. But I mean, he's like, yeah, this guy's this guy's good. He's yeah. Like, the thing he's, though is, you know, Andy Barquette's guy. not, not going to drop those breadcrumbs uh, if he doesn't nope, have what I want. Uh, a reason to. You know what I mean? He, He's not the type of guy that's going to go out there and give you a bunch of information, you know, just because. So, 
yeah, I, of, I would uh, take those breadcrumbs and and run with them. Yeah. Um, I'm going to go ahead and bring up. So, uh, last year, uh, Tristan Stivers, uh, Stiver, I think Stivers, uh, the draft in the draft last year, we took him, uh, closer led the, led, uh, the NCA and saves last year. And dude's got just like insane spin rates and stuff like that. And, you know, I posted about it, uh, when he came out in spring training and pitched really well and somebody's like, yeah, okay, whatever, you know, like, so what, stop it. And so I was like, okay. But I want to bring up this pitch that he threw tonight because it is gross. <laughs> <laughs> oh, and he retweeted it, so how do you like that? Hey. All right. Well... Just watch this pitch. This thing is disgusting. Poof. One more time for the people in the back. Wow. I want, I, you know what? I I, want to see what the vertical movement (laughs) on that is. It's got like, that is just (laughs) filth. I mean, that's not even fair. That's just, that's like. Like, 36 inches of vertical break. <laughs> are you kidding me? That is on. Oh, my God. Just, you know what? We can just talk over this. Just leave that up there for the rest of the stream. We can just talk. That's a thing of beauty. I mean, yeah. you can't. You, that's not fair because as a hitter, you can't even think. I it, it, by the, Before the ball gets anywhere close to the plate, you're, there's no way you're thinking, oh, I'm going to swing at this. Yeah. I mean, it's coming. <laughs> it, when, when it starts out at your shoulder. And then I mean, it ends up at the bottom of your knees. I mean, like I mean, your shoulder, man. you're being nice, man. That was eyeball height, you know, and it, uh, that's just gross. Uh, and it drops right through the strike zone and ends up below the knee. I mean, <laughs> yeah. that is just filthy. <laughs> yeah. I, 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 when I saw that pitch, I was just, I just started laughing to myself and I had to put that just that one pitch up and um if I was in the batter's box I probably would have left yeah I mean it's like what am I supposed to do with that let me just set the mat down here and do your you go ahead and do your thing I'm just gonna stand here yeah I mean what I mean realistically what are you gonna do with that if if anything you're gonna foul it off if you can even touch it or you're that or you're gonna you're gonna hit it straight up into the air or straight down into the dirt you're not yeah. gonna square that up. Oh, uh, where's this thing? It's a problem. There we go. There we What's go. What's your problem, man? All right, and then so here's uh, keep on wanting to hit the wrong button. I gotta set up some uh, gotta set up some hotkeys here so I don't stop the stop the stream being a dummy. Yeah, that, that would be fun. Yeah, this is it. Like the the camera work didn't uh, didn't help, but you know more of the same. You know, this is his his strikeout from that game. Well, that one you can like see. Not it's only like, does it have vertical break, but it's got a little bit of horizontal break too. It starts on the outside and works its way back across the middle of the plate. Yeah. So now you know why he led the NCAA in saves last year, and I mean you can. I mean I. My eyeballs are no track man. Don't get me wrong. But <laughs> there's some serious spin on that pitch. Well, and it's you know, and it's bad. You gotta love the confidence in the way he throws too. Just watching those pitches right there, and the way he falls off the mound on that second pitch that you just showed. Uh, yeah. He kind of falls off the mound like before the ball's in the in the catcher's mitt. He's he's already looking at it. Like, yeah, go ahead and hit that. Go ahead and take a poke at it. Let's see what happens. Because he's he's yeah he's confident he's got you rung up already before the ball's even there. Yeah, I tweeted out uh, when we when we drafted him. Uh, I tweeted out a uh, one of his clips from uh, one of his saves in uh, in NCAA last year where he threw a, a curveball like that and struck a guy out and he was just screaming on the on the mound. So no doubt, like when he was walking away, he was probably saying something. And I would like to hear what he was saying because 
it's no doubt quality audio. But uh, yeah, there's unfortunately no uh, no no audio on tonight's broadcast. The one thing that I heard in that entire broadcast was uh, at the very end when they were one strike away from winning. I heard the uh, the sound effect of a drum go boom, boom, boom. <laughs> That's literally all I heard. So. Uh, let's see. Oh, I can't hear you. Did you mute yourself? I, I did indeed. See, and I was just saying that I can't say Good for you. I can't say that we have not, uh, had days like that. You know, technical difficulties are, uh, they're a real thing. You know, as I speak, yeah. as I speak, and I've got myself muted. So, you know, now I'm just <laughs> stepping all over my own junk. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You know, it happens. Um, yeah, so we're about like, we're almost an hour in. So, uh, really, uh, coming up. Yeah. Yeah, no, exactly. That's the thing. Yeah, it did. It did happen quick. And you know, like I, I like to, uh, I'd like to commend both of us on not, uh, not jumping off the ledge and, and freaking out about stuff because, um, it would be easy to, to do that at this point. And if you go, if you go out there on your socials, you're going to see people jumping off the jumping off the ledge and uh just not ready to do it yet no. you know um certainly not going to uh discount uh Hanser Alberto as a meaningful piece to the team despite the fact that uh you know he has made a couple of bad plays here yeah did you happen to catch oh I, actually I think that was the you know what I talked about with you uh, the thing that I tagged you in was the uh, the video with uh Bernstein and uh, Layla. Oh, yeah. 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 Uh, you know, and the person that posted the video says, oh, I don't agree with Bernstein that much. I don't think he's that bad. Uh, I don't necessarily disagree with him. I don't necessarily agree with him. I think he offers some good nuggets, you know, here and there. But uh, when he was saying basically similar to what I was saying was. These things just aren't going to change overnight, man. You know, it's just not going to happen. You've got, you got to give it time to play out. And that's, I, I, you know, I kind of listened to that and I thought to myself, uh, I've been really close to that ledge. And uh, you have talked me back from that ledge. And then I see that video and I think, yeah, I know you're right. We've got to uh, just give this thing some time. It's, you know, that was the theme of a, of a stream a few weeks ago. It's going to take a little time. So I got to. Gotta rein it in. Those emotions get the best of me sometimes. Yeah, and you know, like the thing is, is that you know, if if you guys don't know what we're talking about, we're talking about a clip where uh, Layla Rahimi and Dan Bernstein were talking about the uh, the residual effects of the TLR rain here in in Chicago and just the lasting effects that it's going to have on the team. And you know, we've talked about it on here before that it's going to take some time for for Pedro to. A, I mean, like you have to look at it this way: is that he's a brand new guy coming in, having to pick up the pieces of what that nonsense was that's been happening in the last two years. So it's going to take time. It's going to take him some time to get comfortable as a manager, to learn his players. It's going to take time to try and beat all those awful, you know, tendencies. From from some of these guys, you yeah, know? and you know uh, you got like, a couple, you got a couple of in the in the in the in the clubhouse that Jose Abreu talked about, where you had, you know, some of the Latin players over here, and you've got some of the, you know, the white guys over there, and you got some of the guys that like country music over here, and the other guys that like the rock and roll over there, and whatever it was, groups, these little cliques that were all over, and it wasn't a family. It's going to take time to break that up too. These guys. You know, even though they've been playing together for a few seasons now, maybe haven't been the tightest. You know what I mean? And you got to give them a little time to gel and find their way together, not just as a ball club, but as human beings, you know, spending nine months of their life together. You know, it's I mean, if, if it's not working in a way where people and all these different you know, attitudes and, and different lifestyles and different, uh, you know, just approaches towards life and personalities and all these things 
It's almost like living with an ex-girlfriend. You know what I mean? Oh, we broke up, but uh, she can't afford the rent anywhere else, so she's going to hang out here for a little bit. You know, oh, my God. Like, Ted's uncomfortable, man. <laughs> you know what I mean? So give these guys a little bit of time to gel. And, and again, like you said, now you've got a new moderator, and you know, you've got a new RA you know, working the scene over there in that uh, in that dorm with uh, Pedro and his, you know, cronies so oh let's go ahead and do that so uh also uh one thing that happened tonight that i that i do want to make mention of because it was um he ended up giving up a couple of you know ended up giving three runs up i believe but uh connor mccullough he's a guy he pitched for uh the uh acl white Sox last year after uh after the draft, yeah. and For those um, of you don't know, that's so, the Arizona Complex League, and not, uh, and not, not the interior cruciate ligament. ligament. Pardon me, yes. <laughs> um, yeah, but anyway, so he made the uh, he made a start for the Cannonballers tonight, and he struck out seven guys uh, through, f- I believe, four innings, if I remember correctly. I think it was four innings. I guess I could look at that. And- Sounds about right. I did retweet that. Yeah, I think it was I think it was four innings. But um so he pitched against uh they were playing the Delmarva Shorebirds, which is the A ball team for the uh Baltimore Orioles. And uh their top prospect or maybe number two prospect, uh Jackson Holiday. Okay. Was uh was on that team. And uh this is um I believe Holiday's second at bat or third at bat I'll go ahead and bring that up this is it's good stuff to see i was actually i was very impressed with his uh with his outing today two and two the count here's the pitch to holiday it's a swing and a miss he got him with the fastball seven kills two and two seven the count kills. here's the pitch to holiday it's a swing and a miss he got him with the fastball yeah, really two ugly two swing. Count. Here's uh, the pitch to Holiday. It's a swing and a miss. Off, uh, he got him with the fastball. His, his uh, two and his two the count. Was keeping them way off balance. They were having a hard time with it, so that's why he kind of lunged at that one because he was not expecting the fastball to come in. That, that was count. one of those swings where you're just taking a hack, hoping you can follow it off to live to see another pitch. And uh, when I say exactly. hack, for those of you not watching the live stream and seeing the video, it I mean it looked like he was chopping wood. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um yeah, at one point he had uh five strikeouts to the first two innings, I believe. So um yeah, he had some good stuff going tonight and it was it was nice. Uh you know, not a not a ton in the way of uh offense for them tonight, but uh, you know, that's always a work in progress. It's kinda like uh you know, when it, when it comes to minor league baseball, I kind of celebrate the uh, individuals' achievements. You know, because you know it's uh, most of the time the uh, the total. You know, like the the sum of the parts is not as good as the individual pieces. Well, especially when you're talking you know, about so. anything below double A, there are just certain guys who probably aren't quite ready for double A AA and triple A yet, but they're above the level of, you know, some of the, uh, you know, the, uh, the lower ends of the, the low A and advanced A players that are out there. So there's a, a bit of a, a gap between the, you know, the best guys at those levels and, and the, the guys that aren't so great yet. Agreed. Um, just going to go ahead and throw the socials out here now. Um, WhiteSoxDaily.substack.com is where you can find written material, which, you know, there will be something here at some point. Um, there is, uh, you can search us on YouTube and on Facebook, uh, White Sox Daily, uh, at Daily White Sox on Twitter. You can also find us. If you guys are not subscribed to the podcast, please subscribe to the podcast and go ahead and uh Listen to my interviews with uh, Dan Haloti, play-by-play for the Cannonballers, and uh, Kurt Bloom, the play-by-play for your Birmingham Barons. 32-year veteran of the Birmingham Barons, actually. His second year was with Michael Jordan. Crazy stuff. No kidding. Wow. Yeah, good seeing you as well, Larry. 
Um, stop back in, man. Yeah, Appreciate fantastic. It. Anytime, brother. Always welcome. Ladder, Grimtall, Xavier, thanks for uh, hopping in the chat. We appreciate it, and we will talk to you guys soon. And uh, we'll be back next Tuesday uh, for another barn burner. Hopefully there's some good stuff to talk about. And uh, Yoan's back on the mend, and he's back out there playing again and uh, still you know, hope, hopefully back to torching the ball because the last two games I don't really count because, you know, he had that foot thing where he fouled the ball off of his foot and – that was the thing. So yeah, he was zero for eleven or something like that in his last two games or three games or whatever. So I'm not gonna. I'm just gonna. I'm just gonna remain positive and say that that didn't have anything to do with any of that. Um, and that's just as just the foot. That's it. That was the reason why he was not doing well. Blind optimism. That's the way I'm going I like for it. at least the next month. I love it. All right, guys. Have a great night. Uh. My name is Ian Eskridge for my co-host, the Danny Miller. You guys have a great night, and we will talk to you guys soon. Later.